Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hi, welcome to episode 167. Today we are going to talk about prices. So it's going to be a conversation about prices. Thank you to our amazing Patreons who support us with just a few dollars every month and also Pet Sitters Associate. Today we're talking about prices and probably more importantly, raising them. Anytime we talk about prices, how to raise them, whether you should be raising them, and then how to communicate that to the clients, a lot of people are very passionate about both sides of this issue. So we're not going to be solving any of that today, uh, but we do hope to be able to present both sides of this so that we all have a better understanding of where the industry is and what are some things that we can all be doing to help the industry be better. Yeah. So basically the pros and cons of raising prices and whether or not to tell your clients if you are doing so. We see this question come up a lot on Facebook and have been asked about it many times. Plus, many people held off thinking about raising prices last year because of the pandemic, and they didn't think it was quite a good time. Yeah, we weren't really planning on doing an episode about this, but we are currently in our own business trying to figure out the best way to go about this. And we're really getting incredibly busy, which means people are willing to travel again, which is great. But this also means that the demand for our services, and hopefully yours too, is through the roof right now. We've raised our prices several times in the past and wanted to discuss the best practices for doing so. Yeah, I had posted a question in our Sitter Confessional Facebook group about whether pet care providers made an announcement when they chose to raise the rates or not. And an overwhelming majority said that they were. We also learned that it is apparently a requirement in the United Kingdom to give one month's notice before you raise your prices. And that's not the case here in the U.S., as basically everything about this industry is unregulated. So depending on where you are listening from, there may be different rules and laws around this topic. So when we talk about prices, we all generally start to wonder, where do we even start or know what to charge or what's okay for the industry. Yeah, when somebody is getting into this business, into dog walking or pet sitting, that's usually the first question they ask is, what do I charge? How much is good enough for a dog walk? It's one of the most common questions out there. And we see people charging a wide range for their services. And just for walks alone, I think we've seen everywhere from $15 for a walk all the way up to $80 or more in some cases. But there's really so much that goes into what you should charge. Is it just a short walk around the block? Is it an hour and a half long walk or an adventure walk? All of these are going to depend on what services you offer and how much you charge for them. It also depends on where you live and what the market is like in that area. So where do you go to even look for prices? Well, a lot of times people will say, and we have even given this advice in the past as well, of looking at people in your area and what they charge to get an idea of what you should charge. And I think we would still agree with that. But I also want to add that the price that other sitters and other businesses use may be vastly different from yours. If you are a solopreneur, you can look at a big company's prices, but you may not be aware or know exactly how much overhead they have or if they have a lot of staff to pay or how much they pay their staff. Or the companies that you look up may just be after a different sector of the pet parent market. They may be after the millennial dog moms or they may be after old retirees. It really is dependent on the company. 
And also, just because other people in your area may be charging around the same price doesn't mean that that price is going to work for you. If you have a very specialized service, if you only take care of dachshunds or if you only take care of Great Danes, but all the other companies in your area are very very general and they take care of any dog that comes to them or any size or any issue or medical condition, then those prices are not going to match what you should be charging. And if you have a lot of experience in this field, if you've been doing this for a lot of years or have a lot of training and certifications and dog behavior or dog training, then the prices from other sitters may not be what you want either. So you have to recognize that this industry has a chronic problem of undercharging and undervaluing services. And this is somewhat due to the gig economy that has come up in the past 10 years where there are dog walkers out there who charge $10 for a walk and it's super on demand. And you can get a walker within five minutes to your house to walk your dog. But it could also be because the neighborhood high school kid down the street charges only $8 for a walk and that's a better deal or $5 or maybe it's they even do it for free just as to gain some experience. And I'm not saying any of those things are necessarily bad in and of themselves because we all need to start somewhere. And when I was 18, I didn't understand the value of a dollar or what I should be charging to walk a dog either. I had no idea. And even now, we've raised our prices several times, but I still don't think that we're charging enough. So we may look at a price increase again soon. I think it's also about client education and raising awareness that being a professional in pet care is an actual thing. There's still a lot of work about to do that, about educating them and clients not recognizing that training, insurance, experience, all of those things that go into this particular profession. Many clients have a hard time delineating the difference between that high schooler that you mentioned uh, that walks dogs and a business that does the exact same thing. Yeah, I agree with that. But my whole point here is to say that simply because other people are charging X amount of dollars, that doesn't mean that that service is worth that much. So a service is worth what you think it's worth since it's your business, but it's also worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. If you want to charge $50 for a 30-minute walk and somebody is willing to pay you for it, awesome. Go for it. A very common tactic when a lot of people, and us included, started out was that when you come in, you offer your really low prices to bring in a bunch of clients and start building up your network. However, you have to be careful with this because you start underselling and undervaluing your services right from the get-go. Additionally, you do have to eventually actually raise those prices from everyone so that it starts making it worth your time, which is a move that is hard for many of us. It's a balance, though. If you have no clients or no experience, you can charge too high of a price and nobody actually book you. But obviously, you need to be able to make a living. So it can be difficult to find that sweet spot for you and that price. And one way to do that is just to start understanding how much your time is worth to you and how much you need to make in order to make your ends meet. Just start looking at a basic budget and seeing how much money you need to bring in and how that breaks down for per dog walk, for drop-ins, 
of those kind of services. We get asked by pet owners, how much does a pet sitter or dog walker cost? And it's such a hard thing to nail down because it really depends on geographic region, the way each business is set up, and how much experience the sitter has. But this industry as a whole, and you, the pet sitter or dog walker, need to recognize that you are worth more. So just like we are about to do again, raise your prices. You are worth it. So speaking of what separates a professional from others, let's talk about our sponsor, Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they have provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetsitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking membership pet sitter confessional and use the discount code confessional at checkout to get $10 off today. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at petsitllc.com. So anytime we have to make a decision, whether personally or in business, we like to break out the pros and cons of doing it versus not doing it. And with raising prices, it's no different. So some of the pros to raising your prices, you'll likely be working less, but making more money, which is huge. If you want to scale but don't want to hire, how do you? Well, you raise prices. For us, we can only take on so many dogs, and hiring is on the horizon, but it's not here yet. So, to make the most out of each of our available slots, the prices have to be higher. And that's definitely one way that you can think about this. How many slots, how many available spots for dogs do you have in your schedule? And then, how valuable is that time to you? If it's impossible or not ready for scaling and adding hires right now, you can't really replicate yourself. But what you can do is you can increase prices so that each spot of a dog (laughs) or each spot that you have for a dog is more valuable. Therefore, scaling your business. And we say dogs here just because we deal a lot. In the, in the dog world, but right. pets or whatever spots you have available for care during your day. How, how valuable is that to you? When we start viewing the spots that we have available for care for pets during throughout the day as a finite, as a limited resource, it really does start to enforce the importance of charging appropriately. For that time. Well, and I also wanted to talk about discounts because that's another huge thing when talking about pricing, whether dun, dun, dun. <laughs> whether to discount or whether to not discount. And that, again, it depends on you as a business owner, what you want to do. We used to give a huge discount for the second dog with a walk or a drop-in or a daycare or boarding Basically, all of our services, <laughs> you got you got a real big discount on the second yeah. dog. But we are recognizing with, especially with the boarding and the daycare, as we are getting more and more busy, as people are traveling for not only weekends, but weeks at a time, they're going away for these long trips, you are taking up a spot in our home that somebody will willingly pay full price for. Right. So we have increased significantly that second dog rate because that spot is valuable, And we know sitters who go, well, if I'm going into somebody's home, um, I'm already there. So the cost to get there to care for a second or third pet isn't increased at all. Matter of fact, it's absorbed by that first pet. So maybe my I give a discount for each additional pet when it's in somebody's home. But again, 
It's about stress. It's about liability. It's valuing your time and what you're able to do and accomplish in those moments when you are caring for somebody who has four or five, or we recently got, well, we recently got contacted by somebody who has five cats. That is a very different kind of sit and different kind of drop-in than somebody who just has one. And there is value that, that we have to take into account for that. But then there are businesses who just charge one flat fee, no matter how many animals you have. There's pros and cons to this, and there's pros and cons to every decision that you will ever make in your business. <laughs> but, well, that, that's what we started out doing. We started out with a flat fee. It didn't matter if you had one dog or 19 horses in your backyard. We would just charge you a flat fee for, for everybody. And we definitely had some people who took advantage of yeah. us on that. And that's a that's a pitfall that you can fault get to where you get people who are going to take advantage of that and they're not you can get some bad clients that way, I feel like. But there's also plenty of businesses that do it just fine and make it work for them. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I, I've said it before on an episode, but you do you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so on that, raising prices, there is a thought that you may, again, huge air quotes here, you may get better clients. But there are wealthy people that can still be a pain too. When we think about our prices, we do have to remember that pricing is one way that we market to our target audience, to our target client, our ideal client. Your price tells a lot about you and people look at prices and try and understand what value you're bringing versus what you are charging. And people do make decisions based off of how much something is. And when we price accordingly, that messages what we feel like we're valued to our clients. I also wanted to say a quick note here about haggling, as in don't do it. (laughs) Don't let it happen in your business. (laughs) People will say the craziest thing sometimes trying to get you to knock a few dollars off of the price or to try to get you into their budget, but stick to your prices. They are your prices for a reason. Know your worth. Know that you are worth what you are charging, and you're probably even worth more than what you're charging. (laughs) Your time is very valuable, and do not haggle. Do not get into a bidding war about your business. Your prices are your prices, and if they don't like it, they can go find someone else. If they are able to go away for a week to Mexico, they are able to afford you and your services. So don't let them try to talk you down on price. This is a huge part of client education for the community and for the people that you are serving of exactly what kind of prices that they should expect to pay for a pet sitter. So it's not a shock for them by the time that they need it. When a lot of people get new pets, they take into account vet bills, they take into account bedding, and they take into account food. Very few people take into account getting a pet sitter or a dog walker. And so that is all something that we can all be doing is talking about how important those services are, which we all do, but also including that that needs to be budgeted for whenever somebody gets a new pet. Well, that's also a good reminder to have your prices posted everywhere if if that's what you choose to do for your business. Because I know some sitters don't want to put their prices on their website. They just want the owner to contact them and they'll get a specialty package or whatever. But we like to go with, I want want the owner to know everything up front before they even contact me. So it kind of weeds out the people who don't want to pay my price. So we have it on our social media. We have it on our website, you know, post it everywhere that you can so that, again, it kind of self-selects the people who don't want to pay that price. The other side to raising rates is that you may lose clients. 
And this can be so hard for us. We are a personal business. We are a service business, but we service the clients first. We want to serve everyone and we can't imagine losing any one of our clients that we cherish. We love all the pets. So it's up to you to decide whether it's worth it. And we can say and have heard from everyone we have talked to that the fear of losing a client is real, but it very rarely happens. And if it does happen, the price increase and the new clients that are coming your way are going to outweigh the loss of the client. Plus, if you do lose clients, you'll usually make up more money because any new client that you get that comes on is now paying a new higher rate. Another option is you could also stay at the same rate. If you decide you don't want to raise rates right now, just be aware that the cost of doing business doesn't go down. (laughs) I mean, have you seen gas prices lately? What about repair bills to your car or health insurance? You may be able to make it work for a while, but eventually inflation and the cost of living will catch up with you. And I know there's always an ongoing discussion of grandfathering and clients and how long to do that and if you should do that at all or just raise it across the board. That is something that I know we struggle with and we talk a lot about in our business is, well, you know, if you raise all of your rates and that dissuades anybody new from contacting you, you haven't actually done anything for your business because all of the people that you currently have as clients aren't paying that new rate. So you're not making any more money. You're not making space for new clients and you are not scaling your business that way. So I think that you do have to take a very careful look at who you want to grandfather in and who you don't. There are those clients that we just absolutely deeply cherish that you've been through an awful lot and you just can't bear to raise prices on them. I do think that there are cases to be made for that. But by far and away, I think by the time many of us think about raising our prices, we already have a lot of clients on our books already. And if we don't raise prices on them, we are missing out on so much potential. Well, and especially if they haven't contacted you in a couple months or, you know, a year. Right. <laughs> like if it's if it's a daily dog walk client or a daily daycare client, I can understand you wanting to grandfather them in. Because you have a real connection with them day in and day out. But if it's somebody, a, a pet sitting client who hasn't contacted you in a couple months, then just go ahead and raise the prices on them. And you may still decide to do a price increase across the board, but smaller increases from those clients who have been with you the longest. So you are you know, giving them the benefit for having patroned you for so long. And if you do decide to raise rates, then you have to decide if you will notify your clients. Right. <laughs> and this was kind of the, the impetus for the Facebook post I did in Sitter Confessionals. But as we mentioned earlier, most sitters do reach out to their clients and let them know an increase is coming, whether that's through the phone, an email, a newsletter, social media, or just whenever they book next, most people do let their clients know. And this is done for many reasons. So there are a lot of pros to this. And the first, I mean, it's really just about being kind to our clients. We're valuing them. We hear this over and over again. It's respecting your client. It's letting them make an informed decision and making sure everyone is being open and honest and communicating with them about changes. That's really big in this industry. But there's a big con to it as well. And this is really where the discussion starts because we are a service-based industry and mostly focus on customer service, customer relations, making sure that the customer is first and foremost happy. Obviously, the pets are well taken care of, but again, the the client, the person is the one paying the bill, not the dog or the cat. (laughs) 
And some sitters have a tendency to over-communicate with their clients. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I think it has taught a lot of people in this industry that we should have to justify our prices or have an explanation for everything we do in our businesses. You know, you look at retailers and other service-based industries, particularly those that sell products. They don't typically advertise when they are raising their rates. So for instance, you don't go to a mom and pop diner and look at the menu where it's announced that their hamburger is an extra 50 cents now. Or you don't go to a massage parlor and their 60 minute hot stone massage is an extra $5 now. So normally people don't advertise these things unless again, you know, it's required by law as part of a consumer protection thing like over in the UK. But for some reason in this industry, it's become commonplace to post on social media when there's a price increase. And that's not to say that if you are contacting your clients and letting them know about the price increase, that it's a bad thing. Again, you absolutely have to run the business that you want to run because you know your clients best. Nobody else does. But when we are feeling like we personally have to justify everything we do in our business, every small change that we do, whether it's a change of service, change of service radio, adding things, or changing prices, that is coming. that may be coming from a place of insecurity and not realizing that people actually value you and would be willing to pay more. And that's obviously, this is all not to say that a quick, oh, by the way, as of the beginning of next month, all of our prices are increasing. That's fine, right? Like you can you can decide how you want to communicate this to people. So whether it's a quick, by the way, this is happening, or you could say something like, you know, hi client, it's been such a pleasure to watch Fido and Fluffy for you over the past several months. We want to let you know that we will be raising our rates starting next month. With the new rates, walks will increase from X dollars to X dollars. Thank you for letting us serve you, Fluffy and Fido. Period. End of story. Again, not having to go way over into justification, but a quick notice, just allow them to, so that they know so there's no surprise on that. It doesn't have to be long, drawn out, or really offer any explanation as to why. Of course, again, you get to choose the wording for it because it's up to you. And you already are, while you're listening to this, you already have in mind particular clients and how they would react if you told them you were raising prices and how you would need to do that. And that's absolutely why this can be so powerful when we take that personal approach to communicating this information. But just taking one big step back here, again, thinking about when we let our clients know about this kind of change, when really no other industry does, again, you feel like you have to justify it and defend how you run your business, which again is putting you on the back foot. And then the second part of this is really powerful. When we feel like we're backed in a corner and we have to tell somebody, sometimes the fear that we are going to get pushback or people say something about it, that fear prevents you from ever raising your prices, which means you go year after year and you look up and it's been 10 years before you've raised prices at all because we're afraid of what people are going to say. Now, generally, when most of these kind of letters go out where you do say that you're going to raise prices, nobody cares. Nobody is going to bat an eyelash at it. You may, well, because they know the value of your service. Right. They know and are probably like, oh, finally, finally they raised their prices. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> they understand that. Nobody's really going to say anything. These go out and you get no feedback. So know that going into it. Now, if you do get feedback, you don't have to serve that client. And that's where this fear of pushback and fear of lo- losing somebody comes in. And we are trying to limit that amount of fear in our business and not be operating out of fear, but be operating out of confidence. 
Well, there's also, I think somebody said it once that if you are getting a bunch of tips, yeah, <laughs> that people know the value of your service and that you need to raise prices because if they are willing to tip you and pay on top of what they're already paying, then they're obviously willing to pay more. So how do we handle raising prices? When do you know that it's time? Well, we personally are always assessing whether it's time to raise or not. And as you mentioned there, when you start getting a few extra tips or people start leaving more money for you, that may be a a good sign. But generally, it works out to about once a year, all of our prices go up. And here's the really key part. It's nothing huge. Usually, it's just $1 to $3 for most drop-ins and walks. It doesn't add up to much at first, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. So, you know, why would you even bother raising your raising your prices by a dollar? But if you have a client where you're doing daily walks five days a week, every week a month, all year, an increase of one dollar is an extra two hundred and forty dollars per client. That adds up really fast over time, and all of a sudden, these little changes start having big impacts. Plus, doing these small increases means it's never a shock to a client's system. Going from something like $20 to $45 for a service is a massive jump for a lot of people. So for services like boarding, daycare, and house sitting, it's usually about a 5% increase every time we do an increase. And we have let our clients know in person before, but we haven't done a big social media post or a newsletter about price increase before. So obviously do what works best for you and your business, but avoid anything that prevents you from operating how you need to operate to earn a living and be here next year. So how do you set your prices? How have you raised them in the past or how do you plan to do those in the future? Or how do you notify clients if that's what you choose to do? We'd love to get feedback from you. So you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Pet Sitter Confessional. You can also call us. We love voicemails. Yes, at, I don't know the phone number. 636-364-8260. This week on Ask a Pet Biz Coach, Natasha O'Banion answers the question about how to convert followers on social media to clients. So it's like the attraction, the law of attraction. You get back what you put out. So if you just follow someone and leave it there, then you just go leave it there. (laughs) You're not, no one's going to talk to you. You're not going to get any business. They're not going to get to know you. But if you follow someone, engage with them, which means like their photos, comment, ask questions, go into the DM, start a conversation with them, really try to get to know a person. Now you've created a relationship. So don't think of it as like Instagram or Facebook. You're just liking and just, you know, what do they say? Like ghosting, you know, like posting ghosts is what they call it. Don't posting ghosts. If people are talking to you, talk back. You know, if you see my page and I'm posting and ghosting, it's probably my mom or my aunts. And I'm like, they don't want anything. But if it's not your mom or your aunts, don't post and ghost. Talk to people. And if, if they had a question, go into the DM and follow up. Talk a little further. People are happy to make real relationships with real people if you're genuine about it. So far as your client, ask follow-up questions for them. Or I have tons of graphics I send. If someone's like, oh, mom, I saw so much going on right now in the pandemic. They're like, mom doesn't want to take me out right now. And so this is my face and me being bored at home. That's a lot of my dog accounts that I follow. <laughs> and I send them our link and I say, hey, Fido, I noticed. And I like that page. I comment on it. I love them pictures. I love talking to them. And then I go into the DM and I say, hey, Fido, here's our website. Just in case mom doesn't feel like walking you in the future, you know where to find us. <laughs> and sure enough, mom clicks on it and say, you know what, Natasha, I actually talked to you on Instagram. I'm not feeling it. Let's just go ahead and put my dog on a schedule. 
it's probably best. But if you don't put it in their minds, people don't know that they need pet care providers. They really don't re- sometimes just not even know or know the value or the benefit or the options that they can have. So a lot of my convertings, they come in and say, you know what, matter of fact, just put my dog on a schedule. You're right. My dog is bored at home. Let's just at least do two days and see how it goes. You know, they don't have to commit to nothing crazy, but it starts a relationship. It is important, as you mentioned, it's not just posting and putting things out there and hoping people will come and find you. It is about the interaction and it still is about, at the end of the day, that relationship that you're building with them. And people don't forget that for you to come and talk to me personally and to provide me with a solution, sometimes it can be considered as unsolicited advice if you are like overbearing about it. But if you do it in a nice, sweet, funny way and you just want to help them. I had a coaching person who I talked to in the past, but we haven't worked together yet. And I noticed she put something up that she had to close her business for a couple of days due to COVID. And unfortunately, it breaks the trust. And I said, hey, I don't think you meant to say break the trust. That could be a, like a little trigger to your audience in the future. You know, is that what you meant to say? And she says, oh, my God, thank you for just letting me know that that kind of came across, you know, a little differently. And I, I went ahead and updated it. So you can just genuinely help people if you have something and, you know, you don't have to push yourself on them. But give them a tip and they appreciate it. Natasha not only runs her own dog walking business, but she is a pet business coach as well. And if you would like her to be your personal pet business coach, you can go to startscalesale.com and use the code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching. This conversation about pricing is obviously not going to be a completely exhaustive approach to everything about pricing, but we hope that it gave you some ideas of ways you can implement some of the things that we talked about. We want to thank our sponsor, Pet Sitters Associates, and our wonderful Patreons for making this week's show possible. If you'd like to know more about what it means to be a Patreon supporter and all that that entails, you can go to petsitterconfessional.com forward slash support. We hope that this gave you something to chew on today. And whether you agree with us or disagree with us, let us know. We would love to know any and all feedback that you have about this topic. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this today. And we hope it was helpful to you. Please join us next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.